0: Well, here we are, 307 on the 630 Chat Afternoon News, the number to call if you want to talk to Ward 3 Councillor John Zaddock is 496-0063, 496-0063. Welcome back to the show, great to have you.
1: Thank you, I'm glad to be back here. Well, I'm excited for
0: this, honestly, because the last time you were here, we've been saying for a week now that you're coming in, uh, the phone lines were packed and the topics were varied and you pretty much handled, I, I say pretty much handled everything off the cuff uh, on the fly. I know you did take down some numbers or some email addresses to get back to people, but people really wanted to talk to you.
1: Well, I'm glad to talk to people whenever I can and I don't know if it's necessarily they want to talk to me, but they want to be engaged with uh, the issues that are coming before City Council and what happened with the increased smoking restrictions as proposed. Oh, that was the that, jumping off that point was last it. time. It's, it, we didn't consult with the public at that time, so if they I mean, that's why a lot of people phone into the radio show to speak with the counselor. And I think your listeners know that I'm very sympathetic to their points of view. We need to engage with the public properly before making any type of massive change. And those consultations are coming up in about a month for smoking specifically. I think it's September 13th or September yeah, 17th. Yeah, was put off until the fall. So, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, plenty of feedback coming in. So <laughs> it's going to be a, a busy public consultation, eh? Well,. It should be busier, actually. We're just consulting with business owners along White Avenue and Jasper Avenue, as I understand. So we're not talking with park users who are going to be impacted by the smoking ban. But hopefully uh, it is it is robust. I, I have a lot of faith in administration to do the work properly. It's just important that City Council gives proper direction to administration. And uh, I know this issue is uh, really really ticked off a lot of Edmontonians rightfully so, so let's hope that this round of consultation is is proper because See, it's funny you say that, John, because the
0: last time we had you scheduled and then that issue came up so it was, it was pure coincidence that we had you on, We we had you on to talk about other things but that happened to fall directly in front of us right Prior to and and as good fortune would have it, another one has fallen out of the sky and and hit us uh, with us having no anticipation, no expectation that this is where we would start. But let's start because this is one we've got a ton of feedback. Memorial benches, uh, families uh, saying that the administration you talked about getting good uh, direction from council, that administration for the city of Edmonton has contacted a number of individuals who have a memorial or memorable pra- plaques um, honoring. Uh, people who they've lost in the past and and they thought back years ago when they paid for these plaques that they paid for them um, forever. 1996 in fact families uh, were asked by the city or told by the city they can honour friends and loved ones through the purchase of a park bench for $2,100. Uh, it said it will bear a bronze plaque to serve as a lasting tribute. And then recently they received invoices from the city of Edmonton uh, saying that if they didn't pay $2,500, those plaques would be removed. And that that was the new cost of upkeeping those plaques. And some plaques have been removed. I know this. the uh, mayor stepped up, said he wasn't aware of it and stopped it. But how does this kind of thing happen?
1: So first of all, our city administration deals with a lot of issues and a lot of, they put out fires here and there that doesn't all, not everything comes towards city council. But this is something that's unique that should have some council direction if uh, if members of the public that bought these commemorative plaques have the assumption and the rightful assumption that they'd be there forever. It's a memorial after all. Uh, when. When the program was being revisited or when the city, administra- city administration made the decision that they did recently, I think that that should have come to city council. And I can tell you I would not have been supportive of removing the plaques. So how, do, how does somebody in administration
0: know when something should go up to council and when they should just make the decision? Because you want the machine to run without having to oil it every day. You know, so how does, I mean, to me, that's one, if I was in charge of that particular program, whatever, I don't know what folder that fly, flies or f- falls in, no way would I be out there taking plaques off or directing people to that. that <laughs> you just know
1: that's going to explode. I agree. So that's the smell test and you identified it there. We want the city administration to run properly. There's a lot of employees and um, they fall within a chain of command. It's important for council to set a proper direction through our city manager and our city manager to to uh, carry out the will of council through with all the employees. This particular program is called the benchmark program. And if it didn't seem right to those in charge of, of doing it, they should have reached out to council at the same time i do recognize that we we give them a fair amount of autonomy to make their decisions so i don't want to be in a situation where i'm micromanaging and i don't want to be always criticizing after the fact what we just have to do is set clear expectations for edmontonians and i think the mayor was right to apologize and put a halt to this program on on behalf of the city and on behalf of council so very supportive of his comments and just going forward we'll have to make sure that employees are aware of the parameters that they can operate under and and hopefully they won't make similar decisions like this sounds good uh, i've got a couple of people I want to talk to you we've
0: got a full page of text to get to as well ernest has been waiting for a while uh, go ahead ernest
2: well good afternoon good afternoon hello counselor hello ernest sure what area of the city you're uh, actually in uh, i'm in i think ward four anyway i'm in beverly area Okay. Well, this one here, I'm sure that it hasn't come up on your radar, uh, but I'm hoping that you can do something by next year. I'm talking about Hermitage Pond. There's the Hermitage Park on the east end here by the river. There's the Hermitage off-leash area, and there's a Hermitage Fish Pond. The Hermitage Fish Pond has not been stocked for two years now. Uh, there are reasons for that, good reasons. There was a whirling disease uh, problem a couple of years ago, plus the hatcheries had problems because of the flooding a couple of years ago on the Elbow and uh, River. Uh, they were getting low on stock. But there was no reason that it couldn't have been stocked this year, and, and really no reason why it cannot be stocked next year. That pond is accessible for disabled people. Lots of people bring their children down there. It's a, it's a really busy little park, and it's a beautiful little spot to bring a kid along. And you feel so sorry watching these people fishing there. You still have the sign. The city still has the sign-up saying that there's fish in there, and there are no fish in there. And I'm just hoping that perhaps by next year they can do something about that. Even if it's not trout, they could put perch in there if they're worried about whirling sea. Anyway yeah. there you go that's, that's, well, no, that thanks my, that's there's my bomb for you <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's
1: that's great feedback and that's the kind of thing that needs to be brought to our attention because we might not otherwise be aware of these issues to answer your first point i I do represent an area on the north side which is not where you are I'm more Castle Downs area um, but this is a great point that you made and a lot of times when Edmontonians think of the river valley and all the amenities associated with it there's this we think of the areas downtown and we think of the areas in near old Strathcona and the bike trails that are there but there's really beautiful and really important parts of the river valley that go up into the north side such as in the hermitage area and a fish pond sounds perfect it's a great Canadian pastime to to fish and to the extent that it's a local amenity and and local families can get out there and and learn to fish well we need to make sure that there's actually fish in the water so I'll pass that on to your councillor and follow up myself so that's uh, a councillor I would be councillor I I appreciate that I look
2: forward to seeing the new docks that uh, you guys are putting on the river this year in the fall I hear you're installing at least three docks uh one at one at horlack uh one and maybe a 50th street there at the boat launch but anyway i'm looking forward to seeing them because i do fish on the river too but the hermitage trout pond something should be done about that anyway thank you for uh for getting my call and for the feedback and uh you have a nice day
0: yeah no problem you as well ernest thanks for the call bill wants to talk to you as well counselor go ahead bill
3: uh, Hi, Councillor. First-time caller here, so might be a little nervous, but anyways, two subjects, bike paths. Uh, I've been cycling for 60 years. I do the highways, I do the city, and I do the river valley. Uh, To me, we have the greatest river valley in North America, and uh, I believe that if we make better bike paths where we can walk and jog and do our stuff, uh, the public will start using uh, them more as they become safer. So and I've seen I, it over the years, It's says, give
1: I know you have two points, but on your first point, are you suggesting that the bike paths downtown, or the bike grid should be more of a multi-use trail and just have anyone on there that feels they want to use that path?
3: No, I think it has to be just thought out a lot clearer. I just saw a couple of days on TV about New York. Apparently yeah. now it's the safest pedestrian bike trails in all of North America. And you, uh, I wish I could remember what TV program, but... No problem. I think are you talking about you build trails? It and, and you build it safe, uh, separating the pa- pedestrians from the bike trails. Even uh, more people use it, reduces medical costs in the long run because people are outside doing their stuff. Uh, again, I'm a cyclist, but there's lots of people who would like to walk safely. Uh, the city is on the right track in some areas, in other areas, I see just like we're back in the '50s building everything for a car. Okay, and we got to think of the future here. To me, the future is giving something to everybody, make it safe, make it a good city.
0: So, sounds like you kind of agree with the direction the city's already taking.
3: I, I have, uh, and I am. I like what they've done so far. I heard Andrew Gross here about 15 minutes ago. Uh, my apologies, Andrew, for disagreeing with you. You said just in the center around the city area. I disagree. I've got lots of friends that live on the outskirts, Sherwood Park, St. Albert, who would love to be able to bicycle safely to work uh, mm. into town. And so I think we need bicycle paths everywhere.
0: Yeah, you know what? And that is, uh, that is me that said that. And, uh, but we're, it's okay for us to disagree, Bill. That's, uh, that's the beautiful part of civil discourse.
3: Uh, that's what I like about your program. <laughs> okay, and the other one, I know that there's other callers here, but the other one is a smoking. I live in a condo. I have to move from a walk-up to a row house, and I still have trouble with cigarette smoke. Now we're going to have smoking from marijuana. I work heavy industrial... And if I go to work on Monday and I've been breathing secondhand marijuana, uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm probably going to end up getting a P-test and that be the end of my job. Uh, hmm. Never mind the other effects. But anyways, what are we going to do here to segregate smoking, marijuana smoking, and the general public?
1: Well, Bill, I am sympathetic to your position. Uh, Anytime people are living in close quarters to one another, there's there's certain smells and and noises that may be coming from one person's apartment that may affect the enjoyment of someone else. With marijuana smoke being an intoxicant, that's an added level of complexity. Ultimately, what I want to do is see... Cannabis lounges within, in Edmonton, so indoor smoking places where those choosing to smoke um, can go there and there would be high HVAC requirements and other safety measures in place. But the reality is cannabis is going to be a legal product and it's we're going to have to allow people to smoke it somewhere and it's going to be hard to tell people what they can and can't do within their houses. So that's an issue. And uh, with regard to the, the secondhand smoke, it smells, but from the studies I've been looking at, it's very hard to be intoxicated from it. So I, I know it will be frustrating, and I'm going to be pushing for indoor cannabis lounges, and we'll just have to go one at a time with this, and which is why it's unfortunate that we've uh, complicated the discussion by talking about cigarette smoke at this time. Mm. Definitely right. Yeah,
3: no, no, and, and, and due respect to the smokers, I was a smoker 40 years ago, and I know it's hard to get off the cigarettes and now the marijuana, but uh, yeah, I like what you're saying special places for them, whatever, give them what they need. If I could put a diving bell on their heads and they could smoke all they want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill, we've got to take a break. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Okay. All right, you. take care. Let's take our break. Uh, when we come back, more with uh, Ward 3 Councillor John Zadig. There you go. 3.23 on the 6.30 chat afternoon news. That one was my fault. The Ward 3 counselor, John Zadig, and we've got calls to get to, but the texts have been coming in as well, as have the emails. Uh, let's go to the text line first. Um, how's it going, guys? Uh, it's going well. Uh, I answered that one for you, John. Uh, I'm James, and I was just wondering what the long-term plans for traffic in the area of Chappelle on 141st Street, southwest south of Ellerslie Road. Traffic in this area of the city is, the best is at the best of times, a total nightmare.
1: Well, this is not within my ward, but I would still... I You know, I'm a city council and I represent all of Edmonton. I'm not familiar with Chappelle too much because I'm spending all my time on the north side or, or downtown where I work. But there's the reality that many Edmontonians are trying to get to and from work and to and from school by car and while it's great what we're doing with public transit we have to recognize that many Edmontonians are choosing to use private vehicles and to that extent we need to have the measures in place so that vehicles can actually operate efficiently and safely.
0: All right. This one uh, apparently says, uh, good afternoon. It doesn't apparently. It does say that. They specifically say they've asked you this question before. Good afternoon. I've asked Councillor Zadig this question a few times, but can't seem to get a clear answer. When will the back lane and sewer issues get resolved in in Evansdale? We've had two basement floods in the last five years, and our back lanes are also not usable, especially in the late winter and early spring. That from Russ.
1: Yep. Well, hi, Russ. One thing when we when I receive uh, constituent concerns such as uh, back alley issues and, and roadway concerns is I, I don't immediately know the answer. They would be truthful. So we pass it on to administration and we ask for answers. And there is progress being made in Evansdale. I do have your contact information, so I'll follow up with you privately. But definitely uh, I ran on a platform of trying to fix local improvements in areas the areas of the north side so i think that the city should take care of its own properties such as roads and alleys in order to encourage residents to take care of their property Mm. and uh this is really important to me so we'll uh we'll be doing what we can to to affect to address that in evansdale uh eric is on the phone has been waiting to speak to you go ahead eric mr
0: how are you doing today
1: sir good thank you How, how are you eric good can you hear me okay i can
4: Good. Well, the first thing I'd like to call, I got, I, I got two points as well. Uh, the first one's just uh, very quick, but regarding uh, when marijuana becomes legal, I mean, it's almost, to me, uh, a no-brainer. I mean, the same rules and regulations should apply to weed as with alcohol. Uh, I'm not a patron of White Avenue anymore. i am I'm too old for that, but... When I was a younger man, if if, if I were to leave a bar uh, uh, with a can of beer and and uh, Edmonton's finest were to catch me, I would be, I would either have to dump it out or I would get a fine or even throw it in in the uh, in the tank overnight. So, yeah, as I'm concerned, we should like why can't we just apply the same rules and regulations as we do with
1: alcohol? Was a good question, Eric. First. Well, they're not completely the same product. There are similarities. But one of the major differences is where you can consume cannabis or where you will be able to and where you can consume alcohol. And some of this is up to the province. So right now we have bars, obviously, and you can consume alcohol in a bar being yeah. served by a licensed bartender that knows not to overserve. Yeah. The way cannabis is going to roll out is people can smoke marijuana pretty much in any place where we say that they can except for the places where we say that they can't. So again, I'm pushing for indoor cannabis lounges where there'll be safety checks in place. And um, and to that extent, it would be similar I really don't
4: think... uh, Mr. Counselor, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I really don't think that'll work. I mean, it worked for Amsterdam for a little while, and then it didn't, and then that's why they shut down the district. Right. People were smoking it anywhere.
1: Eric, I can almost all but guarantee that we will be reviewing the cannabis smoking bylaws as they're implemented because this is something that the federal government has thrust upon us for good or bad it was an election promise that they made and they're carrying through with it but now the cities are responding to this challenge which i bring it back to The reason why we uh, probably shouldn't be complicating this discussion about restricting tobacco smoke, uh, when there's been no significant complaints about where people could smoke cigarettes over the past yeah, well you know if if,
4: I mean I'm not a Trudeau fan myself Uh, I I don't support him. However, um, I do support the legalization. So if the federal government is putting this law onto the provinces, why are they not helping out our provinces when it comes to figuring out? Uh, a solution that will, I mean, it won't make everybody happy the first year, but we can learn by our mistakes. And then, you know, in a
0: decade from now, it'll just be. Yeah, and I know Councilor Walters, uh, when he was on the show, said exactly that that we're going to have to roll this out and then fix it uh, in hindsight. Eric, I know you want to talk about the Metro line as well, but I'm up against the clock for news. Do you want me to put you okay. on hold?
4: Yes, yes, please, because, you know, I, I have a really important thing I'd like to talk about, Metrolife.
0: All right, put you on hold and ask for your patience. Anyone else wants to join the yes. conversation? Four nine six zero zero six three. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.